Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge. This is Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines and games, the entertainment, in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Uh, I'm recording this on Friday afternoon on June 24th. This morning, Roe versus Wade was officially struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court, and many states' trigger laws took effect, uh, including Kentucky, Missouri, that made abortion completely illegal in those states. Other states like Texas have a 30-day trigger ban. Uh, States like my state of Arkansas uh, has a trigger ban, but it has to go through uh, some legislation before that happens. That being said, the the vibe of this one (laughs) this week might be a little weird, might be a little different. Um, I did have a uh, a chance to talk to Jeff Grubb over at uh, Giant Bomb as well as Imran Khan about some of our biggest uh, headlines of the week and their thoughts about this winter's uh, game schedule. I want to start with that. And on the other side of that, we'll talk about some video games, but also tell you uh, about you know my thoughts of uh, what we should be doing to um, to mobilize and do the best we can for reproductive rights in this country. So let's get to that conversation with Jeff Grubb and Imran Khan right now. Well, hot game summer 2022 might be technically kind of coming to an end, but there are still some uh, new tidbits of information that we should all discuss. I have two very special guests on the show today. One is, of course, news editor Imran Khan. Hello. And the other is a first timer for the Fanbyte Network. We're very, very excited to have him here from Giant Bomb. It's Jeff Grubb. I'm coming for you, Emron. I'm going to get my title back. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're number three. So you have to presumably get through number two to get to me. Yeah, so he, he didn't have to. He just popped out of nowhere and just came out. And he like was on the side of the, the mat the whole time. I did all the work and then. And then you hit me with that out of nowhere. So, yeah. So we have to, yeah, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, Imran did defeat uh, Andy Cortez and Jeff Grubb in a triple threat match to become the number one games journalist. Um, and so what's the record there, Imran? Like what? Like one in four, one <laughs> yeah, in five? I'm actually pretty sure that was the first match. By, like, I think it was because yeah. I was I watched KFW. I, I've, I've been watching. I've, I've watched probably like 60 percent of them, but I definitely watch 100 percent of them that Imran have, have been on. Sure. As I support, you know, I just support fan bite unconditionally <laughs> in any sort of form. Right. And and I just kept I'm like, man, Imran's getting the dog shit beat out of him every mm-hmm. single week. I'm like, they said his his stats wrong or something. That's what like, I asked. I was like, I was like, I was asking Imran, do they just like set your stats to shit? Because that's yeah. what it seems like. Um, 
but the short king got the victory. I'm I'm yeah. I'm very I'm I'm and happy I, to have the trophy in our trophy case over here. It's mm-hmm. great. I'm doing the Brock Lesnar thing where I get the title and just don't wrestle ever again. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. for the pay-per-view like uh-huh. once a year. Yeah, you got yeah. you got those the eight dates a uh, eight dates a year for 500,000 mm-hmm. a date or whatever or whatever. <laughs> I mean, the number one game never, is the only one that gets paid. Uh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh well, I want to start with you Jeff just kind of like life stuff if you will yeah. because like i you know you you, you, fit, you wrapped up at games beat you uh started as one of the core nine over at giant bomb i first of all i think the stuff y'all are doing over there is awesome i think it's Thank like a, been a really nice refresh and revamp and obviously uh jan and the existing crew over there have been amazing but it's been great to see y'all how's it going so far it's going really well it's um the kind of thing where uh, even as so I, I was always a fan of Giant Bomb and yeah. um, even as someone was a fan of it, I always thought of it as like kind of like a rock band. And like, yeah, maybe the the guitarist gets replaced every once in a while. Right. But, you know, the core of it's still a band. And then uh, when this was happening it, very quickly, like Imran or uh, sorry, uh, Jan uh, mentioned to me, like uh, we're thinking of like a sports franchise where like, you know, eventually everyone leaves, but the spirit can stay the same and we want right. to be a winning franchise. And like. When you explain that to me, I'm like, okay, uh, this actually makes some sense. And that doesn't mean that um, people shouldn't be sad that their favorite player left. Uh, right. I get that. But yeah. but we are going to do our best to, you know, get that ring and and try to, like, put out content that people can feel really good about. And um, and I think that side of things, we're super confident in that because we, we were, like, almost running through this thing where it's like we want to do so much. We have so many ideas. There's so much energy. Everyone wants to work on these things. Now we are uh, in a position where um, we are recording two or three things at a time and putting up a lot of content in, in a day. And it's um, the reaction's been really pleasant, really nice, really kind. Uh, it, I it's hard to remember a 180 on the internet from uh, from the <laughs> Jeff Gersman leaving on Monday to announcing this stuff on a Tuesday. Yeah, uh, and I think since then, I mean, people have like looked at look, they've assessed the situation and like this feels like actually what needed to happen for everybody. Yeah, Jeff is off doing his stuff, uh, his solo stuff, and I've been watching that. I'm a Patreon subscriber to that. I, yeah. I love it. I think he's he is in his element there. Um, I think the next lander guys have already established themselves as uh, obviously this works for them. And the question was always going to be over, uh, us over a giant bomb. And I think really quickly we put out some things that's like, okay, we are, uh, are going to have a lot of game coverage, a lot of fun stuff to talk about with games. We're going to keep a, a few of our non-gaming stuff happening, but it's going to be a lot of games nonstop. And we're going to make that stuff as entertaining as possible. And it's really worked so far. Now, if, I, I mean, maybe we're in the honeymoon period, but I still think this is going to be something we can maintain for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think definitely so far so good. You know, you've had a lot of like really honest, honest to God, great like graphic design kind of overhauls. Oh God, of, are just yeah, so good, really good stuff. So like the visual language of of every show is amazing, and and the vibes are great. So it's like I think I think um I, I think y'all are doing really good work. I think uh, you're right. The the vibe between those two days is pretty wild. I was like. Yep. I was like, wow, but a lot of people on, on the website eulogizing this this group that is not mm-hmm. dead. And I'm like, <laughs> we don't have to eulogize stuff that's not dead. And then the next day it's like, yeah, see, like they had a plan. Like this was this came together really fast. And I want to talk about that because Please, yeah. you just did a, a big move 
And yeah. I don't think I've ever, and this is a, a huge compliment. I don't think I've ever seen anyone move and start working as fast as I think I've seen you do it. <laughs> like yeah. that's fucking insane to me because if I move house, uh, it is weeks before my office is set up and like ready right. to do stuff. So that's, I'm, I'm, that's, a, I'm very impressed by that. No, th- Thank you. I, I think that is just a byproduct of the way my, my brain works. All the <laughs> stuff that is uh, behind me is out of sight, out of mind yeah. and when I'm doing the job. And so what I do is, it, it, and, and really that, that it's, it's really hard for me to compartmentalize and organize stuff that is out of sight. And so what I could do is let me create an environment where I can put the things I need to focus on in front of me. Yeah. And then I, I can execute on that. And so that's the first thing I did is just like, okay, we're, we're moving. I'll have like the laptop and stuff. I'll do a few shows from the hotel room. I can handle that. And then when we get to get to the house, I'll make sure I have like enough computers and stuff to be able to, to put piece this together. Yeah. And then when the truck started arriving, I knew exactly what I needed to just like God. piece the studio together and, and make it happen. And that, I mean, there is like, we still have a million boxes in the garage. <laughs> we have so much stuff to tell I me. Mean, my van broke down in Indiana. I still got to go pick that up. They are waiting to get a transmission from Nissan. Who, who knows when that's going to happen? Uh, there's like things to take care of. But when it's it's time to, to like do the show, uh, I've set it up so it's very easy to just jump in. And, and it's then that's it, like me being in my element is that yeah. sort of stuff where I can just put it in front of me and execute. And uh, so thanks for noticing. It means a lot that you, that you put yeah, it no, f- Fair enough. I still we, we we moved into this house in October 2020. And the uh, closet of my office is full of boxes that I think I threw things in. Yes. They were not organized mm-hmm. at all. Couldn't tell you yep. what's in them. And I may never open them again. So yeah, I mean, my, that's, my office uh, closet has two boxes that are just like there. It's like, I don't know what's in them at this point. It's no been months. Like, and that's the good part about about uh, the, the getting like packing up is this thing where you have to fit an infinite amount of work into like yeah. a handful of days. Yeah. And, and then getting to the place and unpacking is like having like okay this you could probably get this done in about a week or two and then you take an infinite amount of time and you never actually finish that project that's the the nice part of that mm-hmm. unpacking so yeah i'm fine with that there are boxes that are going to go in that closet over that i'm pointing to over here to my left and they're just going to remain in there uh, uh probably forever because uh, we're not moving again i'm never moving again <laughs> this is it <laughs> it's uh it's, it's funny jeff that you mentioned the the quick turnaround of news because mm-hmm. on the friday before i was reading games beat for news as mm-hmm. i as i do when the dean Takashi's like weekly uh, yes. Dean beat comes out. I was scrolling through it, and at the bottom, it's like, "Oh yeah, Jeff Grubb's going to Giant Bomb." And I was like, "What?" And then I, I refreshed, and that part was gone. I'm like, "Dean Takahashi, are you gaslighting me? What's happening here?" I, I was uh, so Dean asked me uh, if he could like uh, say that I was leaving. And I'm like, yeah, of course that we need, I, I understand because like, all this stuff is happening and like, I'm, I'm only tangentially involved in like the, the giant bomb side of it at this point. But I understand that like something is going on where, where, where Jeff needs to leave and uh, they're going to try to have this, this really quick refresh and they're like, Hey, we need these clips for this video. Uh, and I even, even like that first meeting was like, Hey, we're, we want to do a video and reintroduce this stuff. And we came up with a bunch of ideas yeah. and they're like, can someone write the script? I'm like, yeah, I can handle that. And, and I'll, I'll do that. That sounds fun. But then I need to get a van and drive across the country. Uh, and I was in a hotel room in Colorado for a few days before we started that. And uh, that Friday, I think we were getting ready to pack up and get in the car and go because my wife's my wife's teaching job finally came to an end. And I got a DM from a friend, uh, Giancarlo Valdez, who um, I worked with a, a bunch. And uh, he's like, man, congratulations on the, the move to Giant Bomb. And I'm like, what, what? the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what Can I swear? I'm sorry. I'm like, what oh, are yeah, you talking? Yeah, okay. 
And so, and so my, and he's like, oh, I saw it in the, in the Dean article. I'm like, oh no, Dean. Uh, and, and, and so I go and I rush quick into the, to the, thankfully I still had CMS access and I'm like, I rush into the CMS and I delete it and I refresh the story. And then I'm like, Dean, I just meant you could say I was moving on, not where I was going. And then he just goes, oops. And then Mike Minotti, who's like, Dean is like a, a big character, but it's like Dean, Mike Minotti who also works at GameSpeed was just like a, a parting gift from Dean Takahashi. Uh, and of course, I think it's completely fair that I get scooped upon what I'm doing <laughs> after my job. So I'm like, that, you know what? I'm not going to really complain, but it was very funny. Yeah, that is, that's really amazing. Uh, Imran, I didn't know that, that you'd seen it and then it got refreshed out of existence. I'm like, I'm like, how many people raid the Dean Beat anyway? This is going to be fine. <laughs> this is totally fine. It's totally chill. It's just like five sickos like me that are like, I wonder what Dean Takashi's going to say this week. It was on, there was a, a thread about it on Re- Reset Era and it popped up on, uh, I don't know, like the Reddit uh, for Giant Bomb. And like, but it was like those people saw it and then uh, no one else did. No one so else. I didn't really go too wide after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's talk about some games. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's do that. Uh, we got to see a uh, 24 minute Nintendo direct. Um, hilariously, Nintendo for a while uploaded a flick. What, a, what was it? A 45 minute version of it with nothing yeah. on it for a while. That was funny. Um, we, we got to see a lot of this world. We got to see a lot of the mechanics, a bunch of characters, this game is really fucking big. I want to get into that. Uh, Imran, I'll start with you since, you know, this, I, I'm I'm going to say this is your baby, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Mm. Um, any big surprises from uh, what, what we uh, what we saw? Uh, not really. So, like, yeah. my initial report was that they were struggling with getting so many character models on screen. And, uh-huh. like, it, it appears their solution to that was, what if we just switch them out every so often? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Like, I, I I think a lot of people took my implication, when I said that, took as an implication of like, oh yeah, they're, they're waiting for a Switch Pro, which like maybe that was a thought at some point, who knows? But like, usually when or developers run into that situation of, hey, what we're doing isn't working on this hardware, yeah. they make a design decision that's like, what if we do a thing that makes it seem like this is our decision the entire time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it 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 wasn't it is impressive, though. I mean, even for a switch game like it is, you know, it's like these Xenoblade games have always been kind of about scale and exploration and a lot of characters on the screen. It does seem like they're doing a better job with that, although I did seem see some uh, pretty major frame hitches in a couple sections, but that's fine. Yeah. It's no Pokemon, you know, that game um, is going to run like it'll probably run fine, but run at a low resolution, which yeah. I like. I'm expecting it to run basically like Xenoblade 2 does, but with more things happening at once. Yeah. Jeff, do you like big games? How big is too big for you? I like uh, I like big games that let me uh, just kind of wander off and, and find my own fun. Uh, Elden Ring really worked for me, and that, yeah. that felt like one of the biggest games that there is, period. Um, so, yeah, I, I say I do like them. I, I uh, Xenoblade's never been one that I felt much of an interest to go check out myself. I, sure. it was, it's definitely falling into that. Like this looks like a lot of other games that have this this uh, art style and this influence. And so I'm like, because I can't tell them apart, I'm not going to like pay t- too much attention to this one. But the <laughs> one thing I have heard that has enticed me is like that. You like you said, it has a, a focus on scale. And people have always said that's really impressive. And I'm like, well, when I get around to it, that'd be nice to see. But um, this one, the 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 video they showed for this. Uh, it, it, it was more compelling to me than yeah. Xenoblade has been in the past. It is the kind of thing where I'm like, I might check it on, check on the, in on this. If the people who are fans of these games come back and say, I, I think maybe there's a chance Jeff could like this. Uh, uh, but 
Uh, you know, it helps that um, I didn't see too many swords with boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so I won't be embarrassed if like my wife wa- walks in, watch, watch me play this. So uh, it, it, what is the take on that? Like, is that a because I don't see the community like freaking out like vagina bones here, but are, maybe I'm just missing it. Where people, you guys know vagina bones. I just say oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm simpatico. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, okay, I, I, that yes. was, yeah, that was not out of pocket. I totally get. Yes, oh, uh, I remember it well. Um, yeah, I talk about vagina bones like once a week. So I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, we, we've all emerged from the vagina bones wars. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes, have. Years ago. we have. Um, I, I didn't. I haven't seen anything that was like. Um, I, I saw the most that was about one character with an American accent instead of. All of them just sounding like bad uh, dinner theater in London. Right. Um, like so that that was what I heard the most. I didn't see any anything in this twenty four minute thing that said okay they're gonna do some sicko shit from the second one in this one. Um, I mean, there'll be it, something waifu related because like they oh, know hundred percent that makes money. But I, I think it's I think they took the feedback from Xenoblade 2 of like, hey, you guys are actually getting kind of gross with this. Yeah, y'all went too like, fucking far. <laughs> there's a line. Yeah. Yeah. But like even even Elden Ring kind of does the waifu thing here and there. I think most most developers, sure. most Japanese developers, I should say, tend to be like, well, this makes the game more marketable. How right. can we do that without hurting the actual reputation of the game? Yeah. But you said something, Jeff, that I, I kind of agree with. I mean, I, I I like the Xenoblade Chronicles games and I like a lot of stuff that Monolith Soft has made, even though sure. to, to your point, um, uh, I've told the story a few times on the network. Uh, my mom did walk in on me playing Xeno, uh, Xeno Saga episode three. Um, my religious mother walked in when, um, you know, the big titty <laughs> robot was revealed right. to be Mary Magdalene. Um, incredible. And, you God, know, that's incredible. It was, you know, she was pretty appalled by that at the time. I remember that. Um, so Monolith Soft has got a history. I, I I like a lot of what they do, but I do think it all kind of bleeds together. It all kind of looks the same and, and has the same kind of footprint. And that works for a lot of people. It has, it, it fatigues me a bit. Um, yes, but I am intrigued by how many characters there are that you can kind of control at once. It seems like a lot. You can like, you can shift in these like extra guest characters that you uh, collect like Pokemon. It looks like it can, they can join you and that, that, that that's kind of compelling. There's a lot of like, uh, classes that you can basically trade between your characters, which like I think is also cool. But then that started to fatigue me about like the scale of that in and of itself, um, so I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about like how big is too big when I watch this stuff. Mm. I mean, I still haven't finished Xenoblade 2, which is right. why like I'm not probably going to leap into Xenoblade 3 sure. because Xenoblade 2 is one, it's very big. And two, the battle system is so complicated that I'm like 60 hours in. And I just realized that the reason every battle is taking 20 minutes is because I'm not doing it right. And <laughs> like, uh, I, I started learning how to play the battle system. Then the game crashed on me and does that game does not auto save. So yeah. I stopped playing after that for the last nine months. So at some point I will go back to it and I will have to relearn what the, whatever the fuck I learned for the battle system. And then after that, then I will maybe get to Xenoblade 3. But just thinking about all of that is exhausting. 
Speaking of missing uh, mechanics, uh, Imran, you may have missed this conversation yesterday, but uh, did you know that Nikki played through the first um, few levels of Neon White and couldn't get past one of them because they to- just totally missed that there was an alternate fire that uh, does your abilities? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, Nikki just, I, like, fucking missed that. It's, like, the first thing they tell you. Um, I mean, that happens, funny. which is, like, it's a it's a testament to why we get over-tutorialized in a it's lot of true, games. Huh? Absolutely. Uh, Dean Takahashi uh, did a review of, what was it, Mass Effect or something like that, and never upgraded his character because he didn't yes. know he could. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't think that's, what, that's the Dean Takahashi story you were going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's lots of them, but yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with this time. <laughs> like, I, famous or infamously, when I played Resident Evil 4 the first time, this is not, like, a major mechanic, but I didn't know you could run until <laughs> the castle. Oh, wow. When you actually have to run at that point, you otherwise you're just to. not going to make it. Yeah. So, like, I, because at that point in my life, I didn't, that was, I think, the first game I had played with an analog stick and a run button. Mm, or maybe it wasn't, okay. and maybe I just didn't conceive of it for some reason, but, like, you didn't need to do it, and I just never right. have to. And the game never tells you, hey, do this I mean, analog stick. The whole thing on the analog stick was, like, Mario. Like, yeah. the harder you press the stick, the faster, yeah, the faster it will go. go. So if you need to walk, you just hold it halfway. Right. Like. That was the whole thing. And yeah. then and then the, these developers like, no, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, fuck that. an influential game because now no, almost our most games, I feel like, have some kind of yes. run toggle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do. Um, all right. This thing's got a $30 expansion pass. I feel like the, the, the one for two did well. It, it yeah, people seem to like it from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Um, and also it's a got, thing I need to do before Xenoblade 3, I guess. Yeah, right. It's like a prequel. It's like a big kind of meaty prequel, I think, to to yeah. the original story. Uh, and the story content uh, for Xenoblade 3 with this expansion pass goes through December 2023. That's beefy. That's like a little more than a year of content. So that feels right, I guess. Yeah. Nintendo um, made so much money off the Smash Pass. Like, yeah. Literally mm-hmm. at an inventor conference, they're like, we need to do more of this. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really losing out by not having constant uh, season passes that go for years. So I suspect there we will see a lot more of that plan with more games than just like Xenoblade. Yeah. Yeah. We got to trick Nintendo into making money doing all kinds. Like, what if we put out good online and they make a ton of money? What? We should do this more. <laughs> we just got to trick them. I, I turned on my Switch online last night yeah. to, like, just, I wanted to load the N64 thing. And it does five, like, it does that hidden block thing where it's like, oh, yeah. we're going to reveal all the games to you. Yes. There are five blocks. I'm like, wait, what did, what did I miss? Because I thought the only game that I needed was Pokemon Snap. And then it does Pokemon Snap Spanish, Pokemon Snap German, Pokemon oh, Snap wow. French, <laughs> Pokemon Snap English. I'm like, okay, great. And wow, they're all there and you can't get rid of any of them. So I, I just have like five versions of Pokemon Snap. I didn't realize those were different SKUs. That's incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, uh, all right, let's move on. Um, uh, we, we also got the uh, Final Fantasy 16 devs did a bit of an interview circuit this week. Um, what's that like? <laughs> uh, but um, we, we did get some uh, uh, cool little morsels. Apparently, those uh, bi- giant icon battles will feature different gameplay styles. Uh, are y'all excited to uh, play Rock'em Sock'em Robots with these big monsters? Yes. Yeah. The, the the pro wrestling one that they just name drop hell yeah as if that's not like a thing that interestingly or instantly made me like huh what uh-huh. that's the one I because that seems like the right kind of stupid Final Fantasy should be more stupid mm, it takes yes. itself too seriously and I I like the idea that they're already like hmm, what if we just didn't take it seriously what if this was not like 
an epic Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones mashup calibric thing. It just says someone rings a bell and then you uh, bah- <laughs> Bahamut and a Titan like wrestle each other. Yeah, yeah, that was my concern when I first like saw it. Like, it's like uh, they've been watching Game of Thrones, and uh-huh. that's what they're making. And yep. uh, and that that happens with Final Fantasy frequently. Like, they were watching the prequels, and then we got Final Fantasy twelve, and then we, you know they were watching uh, Game of Thrones. So now this is what we're getting. It was just kind of my my line of thinking. But then um, I, I don't think that it, it was. It's not that simplistic. The game that they are showing off now, it looks like they have a bunch of ideas, and they are very excited about those ideas. And uh, so I'm like, okay. I I always get up and out of bed for any developer who had who's like declaring loudly that they have a vision, and so I'm like, okay, if that's the case here, I'm gonna be paying attention. Um, and yeah, the the the, the big wrestling sequence. I mean, they had like life bars and stuff. It yeah. looked like a fighting game. Like there's some cool stuff happening there. I'm like, I gotta see how this plays. Recent Final Fantasy games have definitely had a lot going on in terms of gameplay being very good. So uh, I'm gonna tune in for this and and kind of see how it's going. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that Square Enix seems to be firing on all cylinders internally now. Like, they did that statement a couple of months ago when they sold off Crystal Dynamics and the rest of them. That was like, we're going to focus on our internal development. It's like, it. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of a non terrible analogy for this that does not offend everyone. But, like, it <laughs> genuinely feels like they, they have gotten free of a lot of their shackles because some of the worst shit they've put out has been from from their Western sides and from yeah. external publishing partners. So, like, that they're I'm actually massively excited for the things they've got they've announced recently of like seven remake and the the for the 14 stuff and 16 like right there is no like left alive there is no uh bound wonder world at least the least that we know of that they have announced that they're like hey what we got for these He's like, hey the quiet man 2 is on its way it seems like they've like gotten past whatever that initiative was like let's put out the worst games of the year every year like that's our plan we're the producers everybody but like i'm like we, there's clear successes happening in Final Fantasy and they are doubling down. Like they couldn't be doubling down harder on Final Fantasy seven if they tried. Like they yeah. are like it's all Final Fantasy seven all the time. Yeah. And then we have those leaks about Final Fantasy Tactics remake and Final Fantasy nine mm-hmm. remake. It's like so they, they know what works. They're following maybe a slight uh, a slightly modified version of the Capcom playbook of double down on the games that are selling, do even more of that. Um, and that, I mean, that's good because Square Enix needed that guidance because they, they were lost in the woods with a lot of stuff that wasn't called Final Fantasy 14 for a long time there. Yeah. Which I think does is maybe a testament to how long it takes for a big publisher to actually write the ship. Like yeah. it's not everyone. I, this is not, you know, because I was one of these people, but like people on message boards thinks if they just did this, this and this, then like they'd be a fantastic publisher. But when you have like 5,000 employees and multiple things, projects in the works that take years to make, it must be actually very, very difficult to go, okay, here's what our next, uh, our next phase looks like. Because most of what we've seen from Square Enix in the last five to seven years was decided in one weekend retreat where a bunch mm. of executives sat together in like the woods right. and like decided what, okay, we're going to do a Final Fantasy seven remake. This is what if a 15 is going to look like, like these kind of things. So I, it does take a very long time for the boxes in the closet, get ignored for a long time. You have to yes. go like actually get your hands on that stuff. And you're right. It, it's, it's very easy just to let the ship continue on the path. I mean, the big ship metaphor absolutely works. It's, 
It's a big, heavy thing that is moving under its own momentum. And to change that requires the input of a lot of external energy. And uh, yeah, that's always that you need to know like where to apply that energy. And that takes a, that's a long fact finding process. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm hopeful for a competent Square Enix again. I would love Sega to maybe like, hey, can we get our stuff together, too? Uh, like yeah, just kind of right. look around, maybe try some of this stuff, Sega, once in a while. But um, at least it does show that there is a path forward or a path back from s- seemingly being lost. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it is is interesting and in and honestly a testament to Square Enix. I'm gonna put gonna put their uh, their uh, machinations to get into Web three stuff aside. I'm gonna just put that out aside the room for a second and say. You know, they're maybe one of the easiest armchair quarterback developers to actually fix. But like it's a testament to them that they kind of decided to just do a lot of that stuff, which, um, you know, it's like how long have we been talking about Final Fantasy seven, you know, a remake or uh, just doubling down on a lot of the stuff. And, And yeah, it's cheap and yeah, it's easy. But now they've done it and they did it in maybe the most spectacularly effective and good way possible. Um and it's kind of a, a shock to me that remake was as good as it was. Uh, Imran and I talked about that a lot on another podcast this week, but um, yeah, it's like it, it's it, they they seem to kind of get it. Uh, who knows what this Web three shit they, they want to do will be? Um, but I mean, they keep talking about it. it, it I, 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 do you think it's morning. do you think it's boardroom bullshit or do you think they really think have it ideas? Is just boardroom bullshit because it was just boardroom bullshit, or at least. They don't know that like the investors don't care about this at this moment sure. right now. At this moment, they actually don't want to be hearing about NFTs because yep. because anyone that's invested in NFTs in that group is like knows that they're you know NFTs are crypto of yeah. any kind. They're they're taking a beating. They don't want a yep. reminder like oh, that someone's trying something here. They sort of want to forget about it. So either Square Enix thinks this is still what investors want to hear and is wrong about that, or there is a legitimate. Uh, interest in making something happen, which I think is in line with that, that, that New Year's holiday card that yeah. the yeah. CEO sent out or the president sent out. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, because it's like unforced errors. You don't have to keep talking about it. You don't have to keep saying it. And the way that they phrase it, like it's too early to be talking about doing NFT games uh, for Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. I'm like, well, yeah, like that's a terrible idea. You should never do that. Why are you saying it's too early to even do that? Uh, but you know, maybe maybe I'm just reading and like I'm, I might be connecting the dots here and really they are just like saying this stuff for investors sake. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they genuinely like the idea of because like they love the idea of a store that they control yes. and make money Absolutely. off every yeah. single yeah. transaction. And yeah. if people are trading yeah. like creating their own economy where everything mm-hmm. feeds up to them, then I think they will happily leap on board. And, and they've said I, it, they've said as yeah. much in the past. Like they've said that exact line of reasoning why they is why they like it. Yeah. And like the blockchain gives them the actual security to make sure it doesn't become like a, uh, a free for all cheating people replicating whatever, uh, as they need to are near want. But also, everyone hates it. So <laughs> it's very hard to thread that needle. And especially like I think it's very confusing for them because culturally in Japan, it's not considered a, like they're not necessarily happy about it, but also right, but they don't care. They don't see it as the end of the world. Right. I was talking to some Japanese developers at GDC and they were saying like there's actually a lot of really interesting things we could do with this. Like we could actually make digital games sellable and stuff like that, which they can do now. They just don't uh but like they are not against the idea of blockchain web3 nft stuff they have concerns especially environmental ones but the further up the chain you go the environmental concerns get less and less like impressing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, if if they do Web three, just make it so that I can buy a Web three version of um, the uh, of of any two D uh, Square Enix game with better font, and that's fine. <laughs> um, like, that's all I need. Um, all right, so Final Fantasy 16, they're kind of eschewing open world design to do this kind of open zone thing. Is that kind of a shock to either of you, or, or is this kind of in line with what you'd expect from this team? I, I think this goes in line with what I was saying earlier about them having a vision. And, um, uh, like, the reason you do open world if you're Final Fantasy in the past, I think, is because that's what gamers want. And that's what, like, can look good on the back of the box and in the commercials. And um, it just looks like, oh, there's going to be all this stuff to explore. But that's, like... That, that needs to then be the impetus behind the gameplay mechanics. And that was never really the, the, they were never putting that peanut butter and jelly together uh, at Square Enix. So right. I think, um, you know, p- putting th- that the need to come up with an open world game that is compelling to play aside. What like what what do you want a Final Fantasy adventure to be? Well, right. you do want it to be this grand, you know, world traveling thing where like you are. Uh, you're going to set set out on an adventure and it's going to take you to places you didn't expect and they're going to be big and scary. And then when you accomplish your goal there, you're going to realize, well, we, we need to actually go to this place. And then at the end of the story, you're going to probably wrap back home and things are going to be different and all the characters are going to be different and and they're going to feel different about the world that they left behind. Like it just fits with the kind of thing that they're trying to do here so much better. Yeah. That it, it once again gives me a lot of confidence about this game specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking to uh, a Japanese developer who... Actually, very they make very famous action games, and they were telling me they were they've been working are we working on a prototype for a game where the initial pitch was this is going to be an open world action title, and the they worked on it for years with that same prototype over and over and over, and the problem kept coming up. They didn't know how to control the pacing because mm, the yeah. second you let people just do whatever they want, they get bored doing the same like repetitive action or fighting right. the same enemies and all that. And controlling the pacing was so incredibly important for how they play this game. That doesn't mean it can't work. It obviously does work in games like Horizon and God of War and recently Elden Ring. But if you're making a certain kind of game like a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta or something, going just like, let's just make this open world is such a hard switch to flip because yeah. that changes just basically everything about the design. Like it didn't like it didn't like even really work in near automata. Like it's a, like, yeah, yeah. The, the open world stuff was not the best part of that game by yeah. a long shot. And it was the kind of thing where it's like, if I start trying to go find my own fun here, I will find nothing. I'll get bored. I need to just stay on this crit path and, and see what they put in front of me. Yeah. Right. It, it is the definition of open world kind of getting fuzzy to either of y'all. Cause it is to me. Yeah, definitely. Bit. Cause we, we yeah. you know, we, we have like, um, you know, Sonic Frontiers talk about open zone stuff and right. it's clearly just an open world, but it's like slightly open spaces. Uh, yeah. it, uh, the thing is, is that the scale is continuing to grow and grow and grow. Right. And, um, and like, and that's both like uh, in terms of a uh, square footage, it's it's growing, and it's growing in terms of density. Yeah. And then the uh, the possibilities in that space are also growing. It's like these this three dimensional growth that is making it so that uh, these games can be bigger and deeper than ever before. And yet at the same time, we still kind of get open world games that have been that are the equivalent to, to G- GTA three or something to this day. So now there's, <laughs> there's this genre we call open world games, and it's just this massive open possibility space of what that could possibly mean. So yeah, it's getting way more fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah, Like Saints Row is making it a marketing point that, Hey, we're making open world games like there used to be open world games that are just kind of like non-linear. You can cause whatever mayhem you want. Just go to the mission when you're done. Just go to the waypoint when you're done. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Open sandbox versus open world. I feel like that's a, 
a bit bit of a maybe better distinction, but the stuff is getting fuzzy. Like I'm I'm still looking at a lot of you know the the gameplay snippets we're seeing for Final Fantasy 16 and kind of you know screenshots, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna probably split hairs on whether this is open world or not until this game is even out. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's so it's funny to me. They're just not saying the words Breath of the Wild. They're trying <laughs> so hard not to say those, even though it's like so obvious. It's yeah, like a get- guy walks in with a mustache. Is like, what's with the mustache? He's just refusing to acknowledge it. Like, why aren't you saying anything about it? Yeah. It's it's it really. I mean, it's like it's not that surprising because you know it's it, very biased, but it's like my favorite game ever. Um, but it is amazing how much Breath of the Wild has just fucked people up for the past like six years. Of yeah. Just, like, what do we say? What do we do about anything? I mean, what, you know. it's, it's so time. Like, you never know if you're talking to like a weird fanboy who's uh-huh. like, it's not on their system, so that's why they don't have this conversation. Right? Or someone who's just legitimately tired of having that, that uh-huh. same point brought up over and over, which is like, okay, fair, but but that's also what's happening. Yeah. That's, well, what are we supposed to do here? I was yeah. I was working at Game Informer when Breath of the Wild came out, and like all the studio visits I would do at like within the year of that game coming out was just people in like yes. their little <laughs> studio cubicles playing Breath of the Wild, yeah, and going to meetings being like okay i just had this idea based on this game <laughs> yes i mean nintendo does it it's, it's gonna like sh- shake people up shake them loose and like make them think okay if they're doing this and they're doing it in a way that feels very nintendo yeah we 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 what excuse do we have to like not do it ourselves and make it our own as well uh it, it, it happened it was a lightning rod and i get people not wanting to talk about it but yeah. it is what happened it is just factual history at this point yeah yeah i am curious what game next year is going to be that because it could be Breath of the Wild 2, it could be Starfield, it could be sure. like any number of games that are just like, that actually does the, we're setting the new standard for the next five years. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm very excited to see what that is. Um, all right. We, we just we, we just got all of Jeff's big announcements and showcases and all of that stuff. Um, Imran, I think you and I met up about two months ago to talk about winter of this year. Uh, I am no I am no more clear on what I will be playing this winter uh, now than I was two months ago. I mean, I know there's going to be Pokemon. I know uh, there's going to be Call of Duty. I know there are going to be a couple of big games. There's whispers of God of War hitting November. How are we feeling about God of War in November? I I suspect we will find out about God of War before the end of the month. Yes. Uh, I, I'm, there I'm there, there guess, are some leaks to that effect, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to guess that like, that game will hit this winter. Nothing they've shown has been like, this is not a knock on God of War in any way, but monstrously ambitious. Like the first game was, which is why, why would you reinvent the wheel? So like, I I suspect, yeah, that game will probably hit this year. But besides that, like, yeah, I expected way more things to be announced this year. It's good to see like the the list of games coming for October from, from Benji sales. He posted this and I'm like, okay, that's kind of substantial. I'll I'll just read it real quick. Uh, Sure. If none of these games get delayed, they'll all come out in October. Marvel's Midnight Suns, Forspoken, A Plague Tale Requiem, uh, Persona 5 Royal for PS5, Xbox, and and PC, uh, Scorn, Gotham Knights, High on Life, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Like, that's like... It's a a list of mids. I mean, like, I don't mean to to be mean about that, because, like, I'm sure some of those games are going to be fucking sick, but, like... I, none of them are on my radar as like, oh shit, fuck yeah. Yes. Um, this is a, this is a weird coda to the Square Enix stuff, but it's weird how they just kind of like forgot about Forspoken. Yeah. Like they've uh-huh. been announcing so much interesting shit, they have not marketed that game at all. Well, I mean, it's shown up in a lot of state of plays, and I think they're like, that's all right. 
I'm that's done. that's it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No I one's mean, convinced that what that game really is or how right. to play it. Yeah. Well, it's last, like they're 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 not recognizing what is happening there, which is like when a game shows up repeatedly in a showcase and it's still not creating buzz. That's a that's a big problem actually. Yeah. People I are assume, like unsure. I assume that's what the delay was about, but yeah. no. Like yeah. we're we're a few months away and they've not really. I guess they still have some time, but yeah. Right. We'll do, I, do, you, do you think like that, that you know, where we've alluded to, like a possibly here about God of War Ragnarok later, later the, this month? Uh, do we do you think that's like a full state of play where there's a bunch of other announcements in there as well? Because it seems like there's probably room for that to happen. They, they've they've not done a, a what do you first call it? Party a first party. State of play. First party. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they usually save those for September. Yes. The showcases. Yeah. I. I don't see a reason they wouldn't this time. Like maybe they could do a God of War focus one and then a showcase, showcase with like yeah. yeah Spider Man two and like updates on the of the games and then the the thing they do of the CG announcement trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that seems the most likely thing. I also suspect there's going to be an Nintendo Direct sometime in the next couple of days. Yeah, like yeah. Within the next week, I'm guessing. I, and that one, I'm not sure either if it's like a, it's like a third party, it's a partner. Like there's I, the things I've heard make me think like I haven't heard anything about first party stuff for that thing. And I'm like, there's still a lot of first party stuff they need to announce. But yeah. things I've heard make it sound like it could just be a partner showcase or a mini yeah. direct or something like that. So I'm still unsure about that as well. Yeah. So like maybe Sony's also being like, we want the new cycle to ourselves. Let's mm-hmm. like, yeah. let's hold that off for a bit. Yeah. And God of War Ragnarok could stand on its own. No problem there. Yeah. yeah. That game is going to sell great and be critically hailed no matter when it comes out yeah. or no matter how much marketing they do for it either. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a brat and be like, well, there are no games coming out in the winter because honestly this year has been quietly a fucking banger for games. Real good. Like, I mean, I even just in the past week, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Neon White, like two really good games. I'd probably slot into my top 10 right now. If you, if you, if you made me, um, uh, so it's like, it's not, I'm not complaining. It's just an odd, it's just an observation I'm making as someone who watches this pretty closely that it feels later than ever that I have not gotten a good sense of a big AAA game that I can curl up with on Christmas morning, which is like yeah. a, a goofy thing to still want, I guess, but it is a thing I think about it, a lot. It, I mean, a lot of, obviously still a lot of it's pandemic, but a lot of it yeah. is, yeah. Uh, you know, Activision and EA don't make many games anymore. Nope, and, uh, and you look around and it's like, okay, well then who fills in that gap? Uh, Embracer group is not at a point where we can reliably expect them to put yeah. out really big games anytime soon. Like right. maybe they get to that point in the future. And honestly, Xbox is still in that same boat where it's like, They've been trying to make that transition and they've yep. put out a lot of games that were like exclusive to PlayStation because of those old deals. Yep. And if those were coming out to Xbox, people would probably be like, oh, Xbox did have a few games, but they, they weren't able to do that. And so they're still kind of reloading and we're waiting to see if they're going to be able to pick up that pace. And Sony has got God of War Ragnarok and Forspoken, a few other things that they're going to want to talk about. But beyond that, they're like, we need to sell God of War Ragnarok. We'll talk about the other stuff later. Yeah. So we just don't know. We just don't know what's coming. And yeah. so this year feels maybe a little bit lighter than what it might actually yeah. end up being. Plus, yeah, like, fair. there's been some weird upheaval, like, with uh, so much of the Yakuza team going to Netties. Yeah. There should have like been a Yakuza yeah. game this year. Like, right. they have outright said, hey, we're making Yakuza 8. Like, it is a game that is coming. The fact that it's not coming this year, I think, is not intended. I think right. they should. They had all intentions of making it this year and it's just not ready. And I think that, that, you know, there was a lot of people that were coming up in that studio that could probably there are taking over that franchise. But it doesn't mean that that uh, transition like that would have been like easy or smooth to pull off. And, you know, yeah. you got to replenish that talent. And that's not easy in any market across the world right now. Yeah, so true. So true. Um, I, I think this is uh, this has been a great talk. I've been really 
really enjoyed it. I think uh, we'll probably leave it there. It's about time for me to pick up um, Air Twister on my iPhone and play it um, <laughs> for the rest of the day because... Are you guys going to get into the breach through Netflix on your phones? Because I am. I, I don't know. I haven't played any games through Netflix, but I'm going to. I, I've, I've not yet either. I, I played with the... Uh, Fuck, what's the point P? I did the point, point, point P. P. Yeah, point P. Yeah. Um, and uh, that that setup process was annoying. <laughs> so I, forget, I don't know, but we'll I think, see. I think I was at, like, I was flying to LA when they announced that or something. Yeah. And I was like, I was, wasn't getting all the details. So I was like, People were saying, oh, you can play this on Netflix. So in my head, I thought it was <laughs> I could launch the Netflix app on a PS5 or something and play sure, it. Right. Which I think should be the way they do it. But sure. it just, if it's a platform, but, I mean, it's a platform. not going to let them do that. No, right? they're not. They won't let them do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely not. Um, yeah, but it's like, I, I yeah, it's a, it's a confusing uh, set of marketing that Netflix has got right now. But yeah. Uh, uh yeah into the uh, into the breach getting a, a resurgence is actually pretty great that game is very good if you're not played it um feels like a good time to get into it Absolutely. you've got a lot of catching up to do with danielle riando's literal 2300 hours of that game yes, played a true sicko <laughs> i mean that is fucking ridiculous That's i don't think incredible. i've played any one game that long i don't play a lot of either. games a lot of a very long time i, I i've i've pl- I, I will say i've played nfl 2k5 on the xbox a lot but it has not <laughs> been for 2300 hours yep no way no way um Imran, of course, thank you for joining. Thank you. Uh, you can you can find Imran at Imran Z O M G over on Twitter.com. Uh, I have to say that for Natalie Flores, uh, who mm-hmm. will be listening to this. Imran. Also in my, my Twitter bad. profile, you'll notice I'm, it says number one game journalist. It does say God that. Damn it. Yeah. It does say that, Jeff. Damn you. So what are you damn gonna you. what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna come for this man. <laughs> Until then, I think you are required to put number three game journalist. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, you gotta I'll put get it. In my absolutely, you yes. Gotta I'll, get I'll it in there. The record. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. You can of course follow Jeff Grubb at Jeff Grubb, and of course find him over on. Uh, uh, I almost said Gamespot. That's not right. Giant bomb. Apparently, I'm going to be writing for Gamespot too. I'm just waiting for Cam okay. to do his job and tell me how to do that. All so, right. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I, we'll you know what? That. Honestly, I was going to ask that question. You know, if you're itching to get, put your writing somewhere, but that kind of answers yeah, that question. That's yeah, good. it's like the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, if I have some news stories and I have time to like write them before we go to do a got to get those traffic bombs, those grub yeah, bombs. Yeah, of exactly. I'll, I'll help out with that. Now, th- there is the occasional time where like I need to write this down to explain to everybody why they're wrong about right. something. Sure. And I'll do that there as well. We'll see. Well, that's good to know. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, no, just that I, I really like Fanbyte, guys. Uh, I oh, think you guys wow. do great, great work. I, I love the the vibe, the, the building of an audience, the way that you guys are approaching it is uh, something I really am envious of and think that you guys do a great job at. So uh, wow, that's very uh, sweet. Just keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been lovely having you. You're welcome back here anytime. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks folks. Uh, go get, um, air twister right now. Um, I'm required to say that because I, uh, I don't know. I entered into some dark contract with you Suzuki years ago. Goodbye. I, I love how every article about air that game has, we weren't allowed to talk about Shenmue. (laughs) 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 Oh God, God bless Shenmue. a quick interruption of the show to tell you about another podcast on the network that I love very much. It's called You Love to See It. It is a weekly movie and TV show podcast 
and it's hosted by Danielle Riondo and Fernanda Praches as they, uh, they, they open their own video store, folks, and they're trying to decide what to fill the shelves with and what to throw in the dumpster behind the building. This month is all about Join Us June. Yeah, that's right. It's movies about cults. They watched Midsommar. They watched The Mouth of Madness. And this week, they watched The Master, a 2012 film directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. And it is, uh, I mean, listen, it's not light viewing, but it is uh, uh, an important film of the 21st century. And uh, they talked all about it with a special guest, Alexander K. Lee from MMA Fighting. It's a really great episode and a really great podcast. You can listen to it every Monday over at fanbyte.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again to uh, Jeff Grubb and Imran Khan. That was a really lovely conversation. It was nice to have a chill, chill convo with some good people. Um, the morning I recorded that, that was, uh, that was nice. I needed that. So thank you both. Um, like I said, uh, we covered a lot of news in, in that sequence and, uh, we'll probably mostly leave it there. Uh, I will do a little bit of cleanup. We did mention that into the breach gets a free update upcoming and they've, uh, they've got a mobile version coming to, uh, Netflix, which is very interesting. Um, uh, the Sonic origins game, uh, has got a lot of bugs that the devs are not super happy about the folks that made Sonic media have actually, uh, tweeted publicly about Sega's decision, uh, in the. Uh, in the intake process of you know basically them handing the finished game to publishing, apparently a lot of bugs have opened up and a lot of weird choices have been made by Sega, the publisher, and not the developers of Sonic Origins, which is pretty interesting. Uh, and also the music of Sonic 3 is different, which uh, hilariously prompted Yuji Naka, who worked on the Sonic series very closely for many, many years, to tweet the following, quote, Oh my God, the music for Sonic 3 has changed, even though Sega official uses Michael Jackson's music, which seems to confirm a long rumored thing that had never been confirmed, that Michael Jackson composed the music for Sonic 3. He just tweeted it out. Incredible. Um, Sega is, you know, uh, you know, saying that there are some you know, bugs that they need to fix, obviously, in this game, uh, and I'm sure that they will. Uh, but it is interesting that the Sonic Origins folks are tweeting so publicly about um, what is apparently a publisher-born issue with bugs and problems in the in the shipped title. Um, okay. I mentioned at the very top of the show that we are recording the bulk of this on Friday, the 24th this morning, Roe versus Wade was struck down by the U S Supreme court. Um, that has some cascading effects. Uh, Clarence Thomas, one of the, the judges on the Supreme court, um, has said that it's now time to go after the, uh, basically the, the laws that uphold protections for extramarital sex for same-sex sex, uh, as well as access to contraception. So he has basically just laid out what's coming next, what they will actively look at to possibly strike down and stop federal protections for these things that seem um, so common sense and uh, 
right to protect that, uh, of course, it is causing a lot of unrest right now. Um, and the other cascading effect is, of course, state-specific abortion bans. Um, some of them are triggered instantaneously as of this morning. Some of them have a 30-day uh, span in which they will automatically take place after that 30 days. And then some uh, some trigger bans will be kind of forced through some legislation within the uh, state legislations uh, of note. Um, I live in Arkansas in a state where uh, that will have to be triggered and go through a certain process within the uh, state government before it becomes official. Uh, but it is something that they will probably get started on right away. Um, so what do we do? Uh, so, so some game companies are speaking out, uh, notably the, uh, the studios, uh, connected to Sony who were basically told not to speak out about things like this have started to come out about this in droves. Uh, Insomniac made a statement that said, uh, reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy are, hu are human rights. Naughty dog also joined that conversation. Um, and uh, as did uh, uh, PlayStation London, um, you know, sending their support from over the pond. Media Molecule did the same thing. They, of course, are behind Little Big Planet and Dreams. They said reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy are human rights. Sucker Punch, the folks that made Ghost of Tsushima, said the same thing. And Santa Monica Studio also tweeted out basically the same thing. It said Santa Monica Studio will continue to uphold these values and support our team members in receiving access to the care they need. So this affects a lot of American studios and American workers, obviously. Uh, but, you know, of course, it, it's bigger than the games industry. Of course, of course, of course. Um, if you're overwhelmed by the idea of trying to track down the best abortion fund to give locally, um, first of all, give, give an effort, look at, look at maybe what your local abortion fund is. Um, you know, uh, there, there's the Arkansas abortion support network. That's my local, uh, uh, abortion fund. You can probably find this fairly easily, but if you are overwhelmed by this, if it's unclear, if you're not sure which is the best to do, uh, there is a national network of abortion funds and a link that you can use. It is secure.actblue.com slash donate slash support abortion funds that is secure.actblue.com slash donate slash support abortion funds this is a way to basically uh, split one donation across 92 recipients uh, across the country that will help um, uh, support people who need reproductive care uh, and that is a, a good link to have and remember uh, we'll also put that in the show notes um and yeah, uh, I highly, highly suggest that you get involved. Uh, if you are going to go protest or anything like that, please be careful. Um, it is a scary time right now in this country. It has me despairing on a almost weekly basis for one reason or another. Um, I do believe in our ability to support each other and to love each other. Um, but that belief is being tested constantly. Um, I know our community is uh, behind these sentiments and supportive of each other and supportive of these rights. So that's never been uh, an issue. I love talking to our community about these things because I know they care about it. They're good people, and I'm glad that they're a part of my day to day. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, I, we'll, we'll talk about some upcoming games this coming week in the next segment. 
Um, but this has been a, a trying day as we're recording all of this. And um, I couldn't help but just kind of make this conversation about uh, about that. So I appreciate you taking uh, the time to listen to me and uh, be patient. Um, we'll probably get back to whatever normal looks like uh, next week. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some stuff that's coming out uh, this coming week. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the very cool games that are coming out this week. There, there are some bangers, and we'll get you to early July with this week's action. So let's start with uh, June 28th. We've got Disgaea 6 Complete. That's the complete version of that game. Uh, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC. Again, that's June 28th. DNF Duel is coming to the same platforms, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC on June 28th. And Escape Academy, a game we've talked about a few times on the show. Excited about it. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S. Xbox One and PC, that's also June 28th. And Phobia, that's with an F. St. Dinfana Hotel tough name tough name for that game uh comes to playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and s xbox one and pc also rounding up june 28th we've got mx versus atv legends coming to playstation 4 playstation 5 xbox series x and s xbox one and pc uh the very very hotly anticipated uh final dlc of cuphead the delicious last course hey delicious last course uh it stands for dlc Oh, uh, that comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on June 30th. Another big one is the Outriders World Slayer uh, expansion that comes to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia, of course, on June 30th. And then maybe the biggest biggest release, especially probably around these parts here at Fanbyte, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is coming to Switch and PC on June 30th. We will have a ton of coverage of that game up on the site, so get ready for that. Uh, and on July 1st, hey, that's my birthday, uh, we've got F122, the brand new F1 game. I think producer Paul Tamayo will have some thoughts about that game coming up uh, this week on the, on the, uh, on the website. So uh, be on the look out for that that game is coming to playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and s xbox one and pc on july 1st uh that's really all we got uh fifa 22 is uh coming nope is it 22 i think it's fifa 22 did i make that up i'm gonna look this up live i think fifa 22 game pass fifa 22 i, I don't think i made i think i made this up uh no i didn't make this up uh I did not at all make this up. FIFA 22 is uh, one of the only new games that has been added to Xbox Game Pass. Um, you know, aside from you know basically everything announced at the showcase, which is not coming out till much later. Uh, but FIFA 22 was added to Xbox Game Pass uh, uh, last week, so it was uh, added on June 23rd. So you should be able to play that right now on Xbox Game Pass. Um, we will know probably July's big Xbox Game Pass stuff, uh, uh, probably for next week's show. We're probably like one or two days early as I'm recording this, uh, to see the full slate. So I will be back next week with a full list. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what can, uh, get you through the next week. Some really nice stuff. That Monster Hunter Sunbreak thing, I think is going to be pretty, 
uh, pretty good. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, happy, happy video gaming. That's going to do it for this week's show. I, I definitely want to thank my two guests, Imran Khan and Jeff Grubb, for stopping by talking to me about some video games during this tough time. You can find Imran over at Imran Z-O-M-G on Twitter. Of course, you can find all of his wonderful writing over at fanbyte.com. Uh, for, for Jeff Grubb, you can find him at Jeff Grubb. That's Grubb with two Bs uh, over at uh, twitter.com. You can also find him at Giant Bond. He's got a show called uh, uh, Morning Game... Oops, no, no, no. Game Mess Morning. Good Lord. Game Mess Mornings is uh, really delightful. It's a... Uh, a fun little news show. He's, he hosts with someone else uh, to, you know, talk about news. It's not unlike this show, and he's really good at it. So, uh, Giant Bomb's great. That new crew that they've assembled—it's not all that new, but it's basically a codified crew of nine—is uh, great. They're doing some really great work. So, if you, you should definitely go uh, check out Giant Bomb uh, when you get a chance. Uh, if you want to follow my excellent producer, Paul Tamayo, you can do so over at Polymayo uh, on Twitter.com. You can also check out all of our other podcasts at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. We will have uh, little blog posts for every single one of our shows uh, with transcripts and uh, some notes and things. Uh, that's something that we are doing for every show now. You've probably noticed that we were doing that for Thanks for the Knowledge. We've been doing that for a few weeks. Now it'll be every show, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, please be safe. Um, you know, probably a lot of protests happening, you know, have already happened this past weekend. It probably will happen this week. Uh, take care of each other and yourselves. And um, yeah, be safe out there. Uh, and until next week, you're welcome. 